0: Dave Sand Dave, welcome to Sales Lead Dog.
1: Thanks, Chris. Nice to nice to be here.
0: Uh, we're excited to have you. Dave, tell us uh, a little bit about your current role and your company.
1: Absolutely. So I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at uh, Delegate. Um, I'm responsible for sales, account management, uh, marketing, uh, product uh, marketing. Um, really all of our go to market exercises. Um, been with the company for four years. Uh, what Delegate does is we service the restaurant space by helping them manage their data. Um, really focused on the operational side of data management uh, to help restaurants run more profitable businesses and make growth faster. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, we we work with um, some of the biggest restaurants out out there. Uh, a lot of multi-unit operators, both at the corporate level and the franchisee level. Taco Bell. Uh, KFC, you see some of our customers oh, yeah. represented behind me, um, uh, but we're really all, all across the restaurant space.
0: Good, I'm glad you, I was gonna ask you to drop some names, so thank you. Yep. <laughs> That's terrific. So Dave, when you think back over your career, what are the three things that have really contributed to your success?
1: Yeah, um, I think the number one thing is being focused on value and really value for any of the constituents. Um, you know, obviously, from a sales capacity, uh, it's customer value, um, understanding what's important to them and trying to match your solutions with that. If you don't have a match in value, you can have the greatest relationship, but it's probably not not necessarily a valuable relationship or one that works for your customer. Um, but then that, that also translates to the employees as well. Um, they have to be getting value, so they need to be hitting quota so that they can make their mortgage payment. Uh, they have to um, have opportunities for development and growth so that they they can really achieve their career goals. So value, value is really at the core of kind of where I try and start all relationships. Um, beyond that, uh, very focused on team development, um, both uh, from a skill standpoint um, and then also from a, a community standpoint, really developing a team with a character. Um, a, a team with an identity a team that's uh, that knows where they're going and, and can go go and attack it and then um, uh, I think finally uh, uh, loving what you do would be the would be the final one um, i uh, I uh, feel like passion is a skill passion for what you do is something that you learn keeping positive surrounding yourself with the right people uh, looking at challenges as opportunities um, Uh, having passion, being positive about your job and uh, the people you work with and the customers that you serve. Um, You know, sometimes you're fortunate enough for that just to be a natural occurrence based on your situation. But uh, if you're um, dependent on the situation to make you happy, then and be passionate, um, it's hard to find that match. So I think it's really important to develop that skill and always be focused on it.
0: Oh, I think that's great advice. Um, It's so important to have that inner fortitude you know to to uh and, and it, it is a choice i think you have to cho- choose to be passionate you know it's not something that happens that's great yep. tell me about how you got your start in sales
1: so uh i probably changed my major in college three or four times um which you probably could hear from uh, many many sales uh sales oh, yeah. people sales leaders yeah. um and uh i ended up in uh, mass communications i like pr i liked crafting messages. And, um, my first job was in marketing and, uh, this is a long time ago, but, uh, wasn't a lot of money then I made $23,000 a year and worked 50, 60, sometimes more hours a week. And, um, you know, things went well, I liked what I did. It was interesting. I got to shoot a commercial with Kevin Garnett and Kirby Puckett, um, dating myself a little bit, but, uh, um, did some pretty neat things. And, uh, at the end of my first year, I remember I was I was struggling financially. I had student loans, a new car payment, and uh, I was excited for my first review and my first raise and got a good review and got, a I, I guess, a standard 3% raise, which that $600 wasn't going to go real far in helping me achieve my financial goals. And I had some friends that were in sales that were doing real well financially, and um, really that's what drew it to me initially. Um, so, uh, after I got my review, I uh, went home and thought about it. The next day I put in my notice, uh, and, uh, two weeks later I was on the road to Arizona where I had a, had a friend that, um, was selling for IBM and, uh, I jumped on there.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's a great company to start selling with too.
1: Yeah, that's it was. That's pretty
0: cool. D- did you get great sales training at IBM?
1: Uh, the division I worked for was, um, I wouldn't say part of the mothership at IBM. It was a newer division that was um, uh, built to sell, to sell hardware to small and medium-sized businesses in response to uh, Dell Direct. And so they didn't have the infrastructure that the rest of IBM had. Um, certainly got a lot of good training. Um, it was a good culture to be a part of, but I, I wouldn't say it's what you would think of when you think of IBM sales.
0: Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, how was that? uh, that start and those experiences, uh, impacted the rest of your career?
1: Well, uh, being that it was a new division and some of the infrastructure wasn't there, um, had to learn a lot on my own. And, um, frankly, I struggled. I, I, I don't think I was a natural salesperson and, um, it it really over time made me a student of the game. It was it was a skill, uh, just like uh, uh, I referenced earlier on the passion sides, Sales I see as a skill. You you certainly have a lot of people that are natural communicators, naturally engaging, um, and uh, certainly had parts of that. But um, where my skills developed were around the process, around engaging customers and understanding their problems. And uh, I don't. I always I always think about it in terms of. Um, you know, uh, baseball players. They say that the uh, the stars don't make the best uh, coaches. Right. Um, so a lot of times, they're they're naturals and they don't understand the nuance and all the intricacies of it. And you take a uh, 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 maybe a utility player that's had to work their way through the league and really spend time in the bench and understand things. They become great coaches, and um, I think it really helped me. Uh, Develop a skill set I could leverage throughout my career, but then also made me a much stronger manager because I had to I had to understand how to work through that struggle right. and and become a a strong performer.
0: Sounds like you also developed quite a bit of empathy uh, through that.
1: Uh yeah, you know, I think some people are gonna would argue that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I certainly appreciate the struggle that goes goes into sales and um and uh, you know it's uh to me a role that's uh, something that's, I don't know. I, I used to say it's, it's like a religion. Uh, you have to be completely bought into it for it to be effective and to be good at it. Um, and, uh, I, I guess I still, I still believe that today. And some people just aren't, aren't, um, uh, ready to really fully commit themselves to it and they struggle and tend to get frustrated and, and will often move on to something else.
0: Right. Right. Do you remember the first big sale you ever closed? <clears throat>
1: Uh, I remember, uh, different parts of different sales. Uh, uh, I don't know if I remember the first big one that I closed.
0: Right, Right. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, let's talk about your transition from salesperson to sales leader. What was the impetus behind that transition?
1: Uh, so I was working at Thomson Reuters and, um, uh, in a, in a division similar to IBM that, um, that was new and, uh, a different way for them to sell. And, um, so they started with just a small group of us, two from the outside, outside of the company. I was one of them and two that transferred in from other sales roles. And, um, it was, it was, we all struggled initially as we figured out how to sell. And, um, again, that, that made me a student of the game because we really had to figure it out and we did it as a group. And then we expanded to 12 people, and um, at that point, they um, they elevated a couple of us into team leads. And um, I really enjoyed the uh, the pieces of figuring out how to do it, um, and then also really enjoyed the training piece because that was a big part of that role was helping new people come in and um, understand the process and how we were approaching it. And uh, then as we expanded again, and there was a management opportunity, it was. Um, it it just seemed like a natural fit i really enjoyed that part of the job and and moved into uh, sales management from there
0: what do you think they saw in you that said dave's that's who we want for this role? i
1: was i was performing at a real high level i was the uh, president's club winner from our team um so i think that was a big part of it and um if i uh, i get asked from a, a salesperson that's looking to move into management that's always my first piece of advice be great at your current role before you start to look at the at the next horizon and um that was that was a spot that i was i was fortunate to be in um also i was i was very committed to hitting my number and uh, really passionate about doing it every single month and um, maximizing uh, uh where i came in and then certainly i, I think um I, I proven myself from a training and mentoring standpoint because I was such a big part of mm-hmm. what we were doing to get that team built up. Then obviously as a manager is a big part of what you do.
0: Yeah. So thinking back to that first leadership role, what did you th- think you knew then that was spot on that you now know was just flat out wrong?
1: <clears throat> I would say... um I don't know. I, I want to make sure I put this right. Uh I probably put whether they were customers or internal um uh employees, executives, really kind of on a pedestal, like, wow, these guys, they know something I don't, uh, they've got it figured out. And um, you know, I, I think that probably uh prevented me from engaging customers um at the executive level initially. Um, uh, the way I should have or could have, and then maybe engaging uh, executives uh, at my organization. As I've gone through, uh, people are people, right? They're, they're all struggling. They're all trying to figure it out. They're yep. all trying to be passionate about their job. And um, uh, that was something I think I had to be exposed to more people at more organizations to really kind of understand that uh, no matter where you're at in your career, where you're at in your role, um, everybody's kind of struggling with the same things. Uh, yeah. and, um, and so however you can help them, uh, get through those struggles, uh, they're going to appreciate you.
0: Oh yeah. I tell my team all the time, look, you may think I have all the answers. I guarantee you I have few, but I'm yep. more than willing to make a decision and move forward, you know? So yep. which a lot of times I think that's what it comes down to. Um, yeah. what's something that, you know, someone that is considering that sales leadership role. Um, besides, you know, being really, really good at what they're doing now, um, what should they be thinking about or doing to prepare for that sales leadership role?
1: So uh, certainly being good at what they're doing now, um, but doing so uh, or to build on that, doing so in a scalable, repeatable way, right? Um, if If you're successful, but you can't break it down and understand why you're successful. What are the What are the steps? What are the components to that success that you can then replicate or help somebody else figure out their path to doing so? Um, I, I think you're going to really struggle. And um, you know, I'm I'm sure you've heard the the adage that uh, great salespeople don't always make great sales managers or great sales leaders. I, I going back to that student of the game the utility player in the baseball field um, uh, if you don't understand why you're good at something it's hard to help somebody else be good at it
0: right when you take a new role uh like for example at your current position what's the first thing you try to do uh
1: the the absolute first thing is engage the team develop those relationships understand um, what people care about understand what they're good at understand what they're struggling with um, at the core of success for any sales team is is the team it's the people and it's 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 treating them each as an individual and um, uh, understanding what's important to them and, and really getting getting aligned with that and then helping them get to where they want to go
0: right what attracted you to this role at, at this company
1: Uh a couple of things. so we're we're a small organization. I, I like smaller companies. Um, and the reason for that is, as I've worked for bigger companies, IBM or Thompson, um you get a lot of really good quality people, but um, you are often disconnected from the results of the business because you're your your contribution is such a small drop in such a big bucket um and uh with smaller organizations uh you really feel the impact and i feel or and and feeling that impact creates more of a team mentality and more of a focus on results and and kind of more of that excitement more of that passion that uh, it's i think so critical to success and and drives me um so one was the size uh two um uh the business had been around for a long time um, and had grown really organically and um uh without a lot of sales and marketing effort and um so uh the business was ready to go to the next phase with new investors and um with more of a, a intentional focus on on growth and um so i liked a lot of the a lot of the the data i could see around um customer retention clearly there was value Um, around the growth that was happening on its own. So really just putting some um, structure behind that, saw a lot of opportunity for growth. Um, And uh, it was in a market that felt very um, disjointed. So a lot of opportunity to um, really kind of take the niche value that delegate was providing in a couple of these brands and bring it across all restaurants. And, um, so we're, we're well on our way or well on that journey.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I agree with you. I like the small companies too, for a lot of the same reasons. Um, uh, if you were the CEO of a company and, and you're, I need a new person to lead my sales team. What are you looking for?
1: i'm focused on being great at what i'm doing right now uh (laughs) maybe a cop-out answer uh but i have certainly hired sales leaders um at at different levels uh i think some of the things that we talked about earlier somebody that really cares about their team and is committed to them um, somebody that is very focused on a repeatable structure um so critical for scale and um you know much more interested in being in organizations that are, that are focused on rapid growth. And so the only way you can do that is by having a repeatable process and a system that you can bring people in a system that works that, you know, as you bring more people in, then this is going to be the output. So I I think somebody that values those things are, it would be an important part of uh, um, any sales leader that I, that I evaluated. That's
0: awesome. What trips up sales leaders to where they, they fail?
1: lots of things. Uh, <laughs> I, I to me the the absolute foundation for sales leadership is consistent pipeline management. Um, that is just the meat and potatoes, the table stakes of of sales leadership. and um, it, it's something that can get challenging. you know the the you're doing planning for next year, you're doing budgets, you're, Um, trying to get big sales in for the end of the quarter, whatever it might be. There's always some fire or something something big um, that uh, you need to focus on, but um, consistently sitting down with the sales team, working through what opportunities are there, making sure that they're being managed properly and consistently with the sales process, um, ensuring that new pipelines being brought in, that opportunity for um, real-time coaching, all those things happen at that one-on-one, that pipeline review. And um, when I see people drift away or, or lose focus on that, that's when I see um, see them really challenged.
0: Right. What do you do to cultivate candidates for sales leadership?
1: Uh, back to uh, be great at where you're at. Uh, okay. Two is I want somebody that tells me that they're interested in it. So um, I'm certainly always looking, but... Uh, I rarely tap people on the shoulder um, that haven't expressed some sort of interest because it's it's a different game. Um, you know, many cases, sales leaders will get, you know, a top performing sales rep will get paid more than a, a sales manager or sales leader. Right. Um, and uh, they're also uh, become more of a servant to other people, uh, their success is dependent on the action of others. So you have to have some patience, acceptance, you're, you're playing a longer game. And yeah. um, so uh, somebody needs to really wanna do it. Um, if they say they wanna do it, uh, uh, all the things that we talked about earlier, the things that I focus on is um, you know understanding a system, developing something that's repeatable, um, uh, being great at what you're doing right now, um, understanding value, all those things go into it.
0: Yeah, I think you may have touched upon some of these points of this next question, but beyond just revenue, um, what other uh, measures of success do you have for yourself and your team? Uh,
1: So for me, um, I want to know that my customers are getting value. Um, So from an organizational standpoint, I I try and focus uh, on that from a a product standpoint. I don't own our products. Uh, but uh, certainly have um, a close partnership with the folks that do um, and um, constantly providing feedback and really trying to work to um, satisfy the needs of what our clients are asking for, but then also what they're looking for, what might not be on their radar. Um, Also uh, a service um, uh, focus, making sure that we're servicing um, them. and They're getting the maximum uh, benefit from the solutions that we offer um and then uh i, I want to make sure that i'm always managing uh usage um how much is our product getting used and if it's not getting used why not
0: right right that's great um do you have any daily success habits or things that you do every day that really i think you've contributed to your success
1: uh yeah so i'm a big goal setter uh, i uh, usually uh well, about once a year, uh, maybe twice a year, I'll update kind of my my five year goal um, and then every year I'll plan annual goals. I'll update that quarterly and then um, I break it down to weekly and daily goals. So um, every day I'm usually driving at two or three things that are the um, I don't know if you're familiar with the 20 20 mile march from Jim Collins. Uh, that uh, that's a concept I really try and apply to my day. Like, what are the little things that I need to do today to move the ball forward to to make those uh, uh, bigger accomplishments on on the flip side of that? uh, I don't want to be too hyper focused on that, Um, so I try and bring some balance. Um, I I try and meditate and exercise every day. If I don't do that, um, I find I'm far less productive and um, uh, usually a lot more stressed out.
0: Yeah. I, I love meditation. It's, uh, um, it's become an important part of my routine as well. I, I advise that to anyone who's listening a uh, great way to create some balance in your life.
1: Yeah. Especially exercise. now.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Like we're working. I don't know if you're working from home, but, uh, working from home, not, uh, I use that as my transition from my work to my personal life. Uh, yeah. otherwise I walk downstairs and, uh, it's just a jumbled mess. <laughs> so <laughs> absolutely.
0: Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about rejection, which is a big part of any sales process. Um, do you have a, a story around like the deal that you lost? You thought you had, and you lost it. It just really hurt.
1: Uh, there's not a particular story that sticks out, but uh, I mean, it's it's a regular occurrence, right? It's yeah. part of the yeah. job. Um, and uh, you know what? What I focus on when I think of the rejection piece, um, whether that rejection is cold calling, somebody hanging up on you or yelling at you, I've had it all, um, uh, as I'm sure many people listening to this uh, have as well, Um, or it's a deal that I've been working on for nine months and we get a no at the end of it is, every no you get, every rejection you get is um, uh, narrowing your focus on uh, the people that might say yes. So it allows you to move on from some folks and move uh, move forward with the ones that actually might be interested or might get value from what you're offering. Um, when it gets to, certainly on on that the the earlier stages in the sales process, there's going to be opportunities to learn from it and and refining that best practice and figuring out the thing that works. Uh, 1.5 times out of 100 versus one times out of 100 is just a a critical refinement of that repeatable, scalable process. But then on the larger deals that you're further into, it's an opportunity to learn with every single one of those. And um, so when you lose, uh, if you lose and walk away and just move on to the next one without processing it, then you've really lost. If if you lose um, and you take something from it, then, uh, you've gotten stronger, and you've you've narrowed your market to somebody that might buy.
0: That's awesome. Let's transition to CRM. Do you love it or do you hate it?
1: I love it. I'm a CRM guy. Uh, <laughs> I and and in fact, I actually for our products, I use the analogy of uh, of CRM um, because I remember the days before I had a CRM and. Uh, that was right when I got into sales management. I was managing thirty spreadsheets and didn't know my employee or my my team's pipeline. Uh, didn't know what customers to call. Uh, it uh, it was a rough world. I was accessing twenty different things at all times and uh, didn't have uh, didn't have one stop uh, for all my information.
0: Right. Why do you think so many firms struggle with CRM? <clears throat>
1: It's got to be a consistent discipline from top to bottom. Um, uh, I I remember, again, when CRMs uh, became uh, uh, kind of the the flavor, or the, what, what was assumed it was the flavor of the day. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I think it was just that kind of lack of buy-in. But I, I don't feel like I see struggle as much um, these days, or at least most of the organizations that I've been involved with over the last 10 years, um, have really, um, have really adopted and, and um, uh, as, as CRMs have become part of the culture and just how they operate.
0: That's good. That's great. Um, have you ever, well, it sounds like you've had really positive relationships with CRM. What do you think about your, you know, the last 10 years, what were those companies doing to be successful with CRM? Was there a consistent theme?
1: uh yeah i think the consistent theme was uh the regular pipeline reviews uh that um that was again another opportunity to reinforce the importance of having that crm updated um having uh uh all the opportunities at the appropriate stage uh capturing contact information um as people as it becomes cultural and part of what people do they see the value in it and um but if uh, you know it's it's like a garden. If you're uh, if you're not if you're not weeding on a regular basis, if you're not taking care of it, it's, it's going to get out of control. Um, yeah. And uh, if you're not managing the CRM on a regular basis, people aren't using it. Then uh, then it's going to get sloppy, and people aren't going to um, keep it up to date, and it's going to become less valuable. So it'll kind of spin yeah. out of control. Yeah. Uh, I think you were going to yeah. ask if I uh, have a bad experience um, when I was at Thomson Reuters. Uh, they didn't have a CRM when I started. And uh, uh, I think I can say this because I don't know that they're um, around as much anymore, but they bought uh, uh, Siebel for quite a bit of money. And our President's Club trip was the same spot that the Oracle President's Club Siebel trip was. and. uh, the sales rep was there and um, I think a number of people went over and talked to him because they'd spent a lot of money and uh, never really re- achieved value. Right. That was on-prem, that was early days of CRM. So I think uh, mm-hmm. Thompson as well as uh, Oracle evolved, evolved the way that they they managed yeah. that over the years, but uh, yeah. certainly yeah. saw some challenges with that. And and um, uh, But yeah, over the last 10 years, I feel like it's been well-received everywhere I've been.
0: That's great. That's great. Um, there's always a lot of attention and discussion when we engage with clients around user adoption. Do you have some tips for listeners on how to really engage the team, like you were saying, and making sure that they are not just using it, but embracing it?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's got to, it's got to provide value for them. And um, that's, uh, you know, certainly, you can you can uh, use the uh, stick uh, to manage, and that's that's a um, that's an option, but um, not a not a really effective long term option. So, um, making sure that the CRM uh, assists them in doing their job, and you know the organization can do things to help with that. Making sure that um, as it's capturing information, that information is clean, deduped. Um, and before it's put into the CRM. So they trust the information. Um, two, you use it as your foundation for your regular conversations, your pipeline management, um, uh, just really your daily interaction. Um, and then three, uh, some of the most successful sales organizations I've, I've been at have really focused on capturing that next level piece of information with their customers and prospects and really invested in it. Um, uh, profiling prospects, and then uh, use the CRM to mine that data to point them at the right spot. Right.
0: Oh, I couldn't agree more. That That is really good advice. And that's something I try to tell people all the time, that there are some great data sources out there that you can use to augment your data. Use them. And yep. it, there's value there. And it really will pay dividends with your sales team to give them access to that kind of data. Uh, it, it's, yeah, that's great advice. Uh Dave, we're on uh, coming up here on our our, uh, uh, time here on Sales Lead Dog. If people want to reach out and connect with you, uh, learn more about you and your company, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Uh, They can reach out to me via LinkedIn. Um, Look us up at delegate.com. Happy to help uh, any way I can, um, whether it's Somebody that's looking for advice on getting into management or certainly anybody that needs help running their restaurants. So right. um, I'm I'm here to help in any way.
0: Especially the people need help running the restaurants. We want to hear from <laughs>
1: Absolutely. <you.
0: laughs> well, thank you so much for for coming on sales, Lee Doug. It's been terrific talking with you.
1: Yeah, you too. I appreciate it, Chris. Thanks for the opportunity and uh, happy, happy to have been here. Awesome.
0: As we end this discussion on Sales Lead Dog, be sure to subscribe to catch all our episodes. On social media, follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Watch the videos on YouTube, and you can also find our episodes on our website at impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Sales Lead Dog is supported by Impeller CRM, delivering objectively better CRM for business, guaranteed.